Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Marisa is with us, Dr. Charles, a WellMed physician. You find her at the Ingram Clinic over on uh, Loop 410, and she's here today uh, as she is for each of our shows, and we're delighted to see you. Well, I'm happy to be here, Ron. The topic that we've uh, uh, picked for today is something that I know you deal with every one of your patients, healthy aging. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants that. And the importance of annual screenings. Well, we definitely recommend the annual screenings as is required by or recommended by Medicare every year. I recommend, yeah, that's important. And, and they, not too many years ago, they wouldn't pay for any of those screenings. Now they do. Now they do, yes. Which made no sense to me, but. Uh, well, the, the screenings are very important for detecting disease in early stages. And so we are we really consider that a very important thing and an important part of how we care for our patients with WellMed. Well, we're going to welcome from WellMed at Cedar Park, Dr. Nikhil Agawal, who is a physician there and a specialist in the kind of issues we deal, we're dealing with, board certified in internal medicine. Dr. Agawal, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you on board. Uh, you earned your medical degree in New Delhi, India, completed uh, your internal medicine residency at Johns Hopkins University, Sinai Hospital in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and you come all the way to San Antonio where there are no crabs to eat, no crab meals, and what have you. <laughs> well, Cedar Park, well, from Baltimore you moved here. Cedar yes, Park, same right. idea, right? You know, so actually from Baltimore I went to Arizona, and uh, I was there for a few uh, years, and then uh, I got married, <laughs> and my wife was working here in uh, Austin. Ah. So, yeah, that's how I moved here, but I was glad <laughs> to move here from there. Oh, from Arizona. Very, from Arizona. It's a very yeah. nice place here. Well, Cedar there's a, uh, a rule of thumb that I will share with you that is mm -hmm. invariably true. If you marry a Texan, mm -hmm. no matter where in the world you marry them, you will end up back in Texas. Like homing pigeons, they come home. Just amazing. We do like it here. Yeah. We do tend to come home. The and, call is strong. Right, right. And Austin's not a bad place to live. <laughs> well, you know, the weather here is so much like India. Really? Oh, wow. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, except for the monsoons, the rest of the stuff is pretty much the same. <laughs> but we could use some of that moisture. <laughs> right. You know, maybe a 10% of a monsoon wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what led you into internal medicine, family practice, and geriatric medicine as well? So, you know, uh, my uh, dad is actually an internist as well in India. And uh, I grew up uh, seeing him uh, taking care of uh, uh, this, uh, this population, the elderly population, and, uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, uh, medical problems, complex medical problems, comorbidities and stuff. And um, I was always impressed with the fact that, you know, uh, he was in a position to, um, to you know, uh, deal with all these complex medical issues and help, uh, help these folks. And that kind of impressed me and uh, led me on that path. And you're not looking back. You like it. 
Yes, I am loving it. It's it's challenging, and I and I do find you know um, because with internal medicine you kind of see the whole spectrum of uh, diseases. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you tend to get a lot of different uh, 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 you know medical problems. Uh, even that same medical problem can present in so many different ways that you never get kind of bored seeing one thing. And one of the things a new challenge. Well, one of the challenges, of course, is uh, we're in a, a world now, uh, COVID nineteen notwithstanding, where people are living longer, uh, aging. Uh, perhaps better or maybe not. I remember asking my mom at the time, she turned 89. And I said, hey, mom, that's pretty cool. How is it? She said, Ronnie, everything hurts. Everything hurts. And then, uh, but but she never never suffered from uh, dementia, which is a blessing. Uh, but living in her case to 90, although that was pretty cool, uh, was painful on many a morning. Mm-hmm. So what's yeah. the definition of healthy aging? Yeah, you know, so uh, healthy aging, uh, there is a very good definition uh, uh, that WHO actually defines healthy aging as the process of developing and maintaining the functional ability that enables well-being in older age. And functional ability is about having the capabilities that enable all people to be and do what they have reason to value, you know, which includes a, a person's ability to meet their basic needs, uh, learn, grow, and make decisions, to be mobile, uh, to build and maintain healthy relationships, and to contribute to society. Stay with us just a minute for people who may have just joined us. I want to let you know you're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Marisa Charles is with us. She is a WellMed physician, and you find her at the WellMed Clinic at Ingram Park here. Yes, I cough myself to death. Dr. Agarwal is with us on our WellMed Radio Hotline, WellMed at Cedar Park up near Austin, and we're, uh, we're having a good time talking about healthy aging. Now, in the senior population that you are uh, currently seeing as patients and others at your clinic, uh, it, it used to be that when folks got into their mid to late 90s, that was rare. It's not so rare anymore, is it? Uh, no, no, not at all. And we are, I mean, I have some patients who are, who are pretty high functioning, you know, even in their 80s. And if you, you know, we order a lot of, you know, blood works and stuff all the time. And sometimes if you look at their blood work, you, you just cannot say that they are in their 80s. I mean, I have some people whose blood works are better than in my, in some of the 30-year-old patients as well. I agree, Dr. Agarwal. I have patients like that as well here at my clinic in San Antonio. Right. And it's pretty impressive. And that's why, you know, the, all this focus on, you know, we, we don't just want um, more number of years. We want to increase the quality of those years, improve the quality of those years. Yeah, that was my mother's point. Exactly. Right. How do we do that? Right. So, you know, at uh, WellMed, the whole focus is really on, on, uh, on prevention. We want to uh, identify, identify problems uh, when they are small. Uh, when they are not really causing a problem so that we can um, we can manage them easier. And um, so there are several uh, screenings, uh, several things that we do at our offices uh, when we see them, see the patients for the first time. And then, you know, over the subsequent years, there are uh, all these screenings that we, that we offer our patients. 
And what are those screenings? So um, we start off, you know, usually with uh, just the basic stuff. When they come in, uh, we check their weight, their vitals, um, you know, their blood pressure, their pulse, their oxygen. Um, we order lab work for them in which we screen for their sugars for diabetes. Uh, we look at their cholesterol. Uh, we look at uh, 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 their blood pressures. And then uh, um, there are other screenings, um, which include like mammogram, um, uh, screenings for colon cancer, uh, screening for dementia, which is uh, memory loss uh, and, function and cognitive decline. Um, we screen for fall prevention. So, yeah, a bunch of these screenings. And, you know, the blood work is also pretty comprehensive blood work that we do. Uh, apart from the diabetes, the cholesterol, we uh, look at their uh, liver uh, functioning, the kidney function, uh, the blood counts, thyroid, uh, vitamin D. We also order screenings for um, uh, bone density to screen for osteopenia, osteoporosis. Isn't every senior low on vitamin D? For the most part, yes. For the most part, yes. But, you know, in uh, uh, at least where we live, uh, where I live, uh, a lot of our seniors are well-educated about these things. And, and some of them have already started taking some supplements. And every now and then I do see a normal vitamin D level. Oh. But you are right. For the most part, uh, everybody is deficient. And the, the blame for that goes to all the sunscreen that we put on. <laughs> yes. Right. And plus the fact we are not as much in the sun as well. Exactly. So it's either long sleeves, hats, and sunscreen on any digit that might get the sun. And so we end up with mm -hmm. lower vitamin D. In terms of supplements, let's talk about that for, for just a minute because I know uh, both you and, and Dr. Charles have patients uh, who take a lot of supplements. Uh, sometimes, in the end, they have no idea why they take them. So talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit about uh, supplements. You mentioned that some of your patients are, are taking vitamin D supplements. What else are they taking? So uh, a lot of pa patients are taking supplements like calcium, uh, vitamin D. Uh, some take vitamin B12. Um, uh, some take uh, supplements for their joints uh, like glucosamine, chondroitin. Um, and then uh, some patients are also taking uh, uh, CoQ10, which is one of the antioxidants that um, that is recommended for some people with uh, statin statin related muscle aches and stuff. Um, some people are on you know turmeric supplements, which is a spice. Um, yeah, that's and, a, a good uh, anti-inflammatory. Is another one. That's challenge you were saying about no, turmeric. The the turmeric is just a good anti-inflammatory, so we do use that for uh, for pain reduction in some patients. Right, right. And I've had uh, some good success with that. Uh, you know, a few of my patients have said that they've noticed a significant improvement in pain with uh, turmeric. Absolutely. It's a really, really good one. Yeah. Now, I recall that not too many years ago, if you, if you took uh, a turmeric, you needed to take garlic with it in order to make it work. Right. So, you know, these days they uh, actually recommend doing, a, a, it's, it comes with a supplement called Bioperine, which is, uh, which is one of the 
you know, components of uh, what is found in uh, black pepper. Mm. So, ah. so that when taken together with that helps improve the absorption of uh, turmeric. So it's like a little booster. Right. Are they sold together or you have to know to do that? Generally, yes. The good, the good ones, they usually come in combination. Interesting. What about fish oil? That, it's one of those uh, supplements that's on a roller coaster. Uh, one year, right. man, fish oil is the cure-all. The next year, ah, uh, doesn't <laughs> work. And then you want to avoid heart attack, fish oil. Where, where are we now on fish oil? Yeah, so with respect to fish oil, you know, the recommendations are not as strong. Uh, I mean, there are certain conditions where your triglycerides may be high and stuff uh, where we can recommend that. Uh, but uh, generally, the recommendation, as you mentioned, it's, it has been on a roller coaster thing. And uh, um, But we do kind of, you know, look at uh, the individual person and see what their blood work looks like before we recommend those. And uh, also, a lot of times, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of these patients, they start taking, you know, somebody mentioned one supplement, someone mentioned another supplement, and suddenly they find themselves taking 10 mm -hmm. different things. And, uh, and the thing with these supplements is that, for the most part, you know, they are benign, but sometimes they can interact with certain medications that they may be taking. And uh, so we always, uh, when they come in, you know, we not only look at their medications, but also what supplements they may be on and see if some, some of them may be uh, interacting with uh, the medications they are taking. Now, hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. I want to talk about supplements you might recommend and where we are, for example, on estrogen for women. Are we uh, providing that supplement these days? I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Marisa Charles, our co-host here on WellMed Radio, and we're talking with Dr. Agawal on our WellMed Radio hotline. He's WellMed at Cedar Park. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around o'clock tonight. Dr. Marisa Charles is with us, our co-host, and on our WellMed Radio Hotline, we're talking with Dr. Nikhil Agarwal, who is a physician at the WellMed at Cedar Park Clinic up near Austin. And we're talking about not only healthy aging, but supplements, as well as ways in which uh, we can deal with annual screenings. And one that you mentioned, and uh, we wanted to come back to, you'd mentioned that you had a couple of patients who'd been diagnosed with breast cancer recently. How was that picked up? Uh, so that was picked up through um, screening mammograms. Sorry. And, uh, you know, with, uh, with the COVID-19, uh, initially um, uh, a few months back, as you know, um, 
we were not doing as many uh, screenings at that time when uh, it hit hit us bad initially. But uh, over the subsequent months, as we got more, you know, we got to know COVID better and started taking the precautions, we started recommending uh, getting back into a screening uh screening procedures, and uh, I had a discussion with some of our patients uh, who were needing their annual screening mammograms. And uh, with, uh, you know, COVID um, going on at that time, you know, they were on the fence whether to really do it or not. So, uh, you know, we we kind of uh, went over the pros and cons of uh, of uh, doing the mammogram and uh, as opposed to the risk of contracting COVID. And after discussion, uh, those patients, they agreed that uh, the, the benefits of getting a mammogram done currently were, uh, at least for them, were more than uh, uh, the risk of contracting COVID. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they, they did it because uh, we found um, we found breast cancer in its earlier stages where it can be easily treated with, uh, uh, with you know, just... Uh, small surgery, just removing that part of the breast. Absolutely. We have so many patients that are reluctant to have the annual screenings done, but um, it really does make a difference in identifying uh, cancers and and other things of that nature in early stages. And to state the obvious, you can't do a mammogram with telemedicine. No. They have to to come in. Exactly. But most of the radiology places, because we are aware now of the ways that we can protect from COVID are taking those necessary precautions. And so we definitely want patients to continue to get those annual mammograms all the way to age 75. I had an x-ray recently at a clinic here in San Antonio at uh, Bear Imaging, and they had marks out on the sidewalk. Uh, So they didn't let too many people in at once. You you were socially distanced on the sidewalk going in, and the same thing Mm -hmm. inside their waiting room, which gave me a lot of confidence that they knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's, uh, you know, that's the conversation we are having with people that uh, now that we know more about this uh, disease, the, the COVID, and how to take, what precautions to take and stuff, it has become much safer and um, to not hold off on their screenings uh, because, you know, like the, for, the, for those two patients, if they waited longer, uh, you know, the cancer continues to progress. And uh, something that was easily treatable initially becomes much more uh, difficult to treat later. And then the other one, I, I know, Dr. Charles, uh, you, you hope your patients follow through on colonoscopies uh, because that, again, uh, done early enough and with a baseline, uh, you can pick up changes and, and prevent serious problems. Absolutely. Well, the good thing with colon cancer screening, um, and, you know, we can do the home, you know, fit testing, the FOBT testing to try to identify those colon cancers, you know, in early stages. Um, but then if the colon cancer, you know, if the fit test is showing signs of hidden blood or anything like that, then the colonoscopy would be necessary. And there are some who uh, have argued for a virtual colonoscopy uh, using computer modeling uh, to discover whether or not they might have colon cancer. And I have a friend who I've argued with literally for a decade now uh, on, on getting uh, a colonoscopy. He absolutely refuses. And, uh, you know, you can't make, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And so he's relying on virtual uh, colonoscopies. How accurate are they? So they are, you know, uh, the thing with virtual colonoscopies, the, so one of the 
of the big advantages of doing an actual colonoscopy is when they find something, they can biopsy that or take, you know, remove that uh, at that time uh, itself. So that is one of the biggest advantages of doing the, the regular colonoscopy. It's one-stop so, shopping. Right, right. Because, you know, once if they find it, they remove it and it's done, they, they can send it for biopsy, see if it's, uh, you know, malignant, pre-malignant or not, and then uh, recommend um, recommend a future course of action based on that. But with virtual colonoscopy, that is difficult to achieve. And, uh, and it's difficult to kind of screen everybody with that, um, with virtual colonoscopies. And I said to my friend, look, if they find something, you have to have a colonoscopy anyhow. Exactly. So, so why not do it? So far, he's resistant. And, and I will say as one, I'm 78 and have had, you know, a number of colonoscopies uh, in my lifetime. Uh, it's not a bad deal at all. The prep has gotten better. I can remember 20 years ago, uh, the prep was awful. And, and now it, it's a lot quicker. It's still overnight, but it, it's not as difficult as it was. And, and uh, you know, the uh, uh, anesthesia they're using is pretty cool stuff. I'd say ask Michael Jackson, but he's dead. Right. Well, always under supervision, of course. But yeah, no, they're doing a much better job. I have so many patients that were worried or reluctant to have the exam done. And once they have the test, it's come so back simple. and say, you know, I woke up asking when we were getting started, like it was yeah, over. Exactly. And again, with the new yeah. anesthesia, you wake up, you're wide awake. Yeah, and I've had some patients, you know, who did it like 20 years back and then they did not do it. And now when they did it again, they were like, yes, it is a lot different than what they did it. Boy, that's for past. sure. Now, what other screenings are uh, uh, important in, in your uh, mind? So the other one is, you know, uh, checking the bone density uh, in females. Uh, that is important uh, to screen for osteoporosis uh, uh, because, um you know, falls is one of the uh, one of the biggest risks uh, as we get older, and uh, we want to you know check those bones out and see uh, what is the risk for fractures with falls and stuff. So that is another important one. Um, we do recommend doing your annual uh, blood work because we do screen a lot of things, including diabetes and stuff on that. So that is important. So your A1C. A1C, yes. And uh, so that is important. We do screen for, uh, you know, memory loss, uh, uh, dementia. That, and these are all uh, simple things, you know, more of questionnaires and stuff that can be done virtually also. Um, and um, uh, well, I had a, uh, so when we, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying that, you know, when we... Uh, have patients come in here, we also screen them for um, uh, for circulation problems as well. That's right. And we have some testing. Yes, we have some testing that we can do in the office to try to identify patients that may have some loss of nerve function in the feet. Looking for peripheral neuropathy. Peripheral neuropathy right. and peripheral vascular disease. We have some good tests that we can oh, do that's there. that's cool. Well, because if we identify it early, we can have patients be aware of it, take better care of their feet, wear good shoes, and just be checking. Some people are, um, they're just not cognizant of there being any loss of uh, nerve function in the feet. It's because they don't hurt anymore. They don't hurt. They don't notice. Yeah. And the the other thing is, you know, a lot of times these things happen so slowly over a period of time that they they just don't know about it. I had the... uh, do the test, they are like, oh, 
Yeah, I think, I, I guess I do have it. And, and I've got a friend, uh, I just saw him the other day, who said he fell at home. He didn't hurt anything, didn't break anything, uh, but uh, it is a, one of the leading cause of injury to seniors. Yes. Falling. Yes. Yes, and we, we do yes. ask about falls as well and have some testing that we can do in the office to identify patients that are going to be at even higher risk of falls and making sure they have their canes and their walkers and all of their assistance devices. So Higher risk for falls, what do you ask them and how do you know it's a problem? Well, we ask them about ask recent them. falls. Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, no, I was just saying that, you know, we uh, assess for the high risk for falls is basically we check for neuropathy, whether they have neuropathy or not. And then uh, we also ask them about, you know, balance problems, whether they are having any difficulty with their balance, any uh, dizziness. Uh, uh, we check their blood pressures and stuff. Sometimes fluctuations and blood pressures can affect that. We also assess them for their hydration status. A lot of our elderly folks are not uh, staying hydrated enough, and uh, that can contribute to sudden fall, especially in the night, you know, when uh, they get up to use the restroom and uh, they get up too suddenly, and suddenly they, they lose balance. Now, i gotta, I got to stop you right here. We're flat out of time. I thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Nikhil Agarwal, who is with WellMed at Cedar Park up near Austin, listening to WellMed Radio. Thank you, doctor. Appreciate you being here. I'm Ron Aaron with Dr. Marisa Charles. We'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.